millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Thank you for feeding my ego. Who's ready for another panel? Y'all are more ready for the bar. I appreciate the drinking, though. All right, this next one is needed policy. What will the midterms bring? I can tell you what I hope they bring. So our moderator is... If This guy also belongs on the Mount Rushmore of the golden age of YouTube. He has over 300 million views. He is a multi, 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 multi-hyphenate musician, comedian, satirist. Give a warm welcome to the iconic Rucka Rucka Ali. is a juggernaut of a YouTuber covering all the crimes and crazies. He also produces the Stop K-12 through Indoctrination video series for the David Horowitz Freedom Center. In his debates, he has beaten more people than Amber Heard. <laughs> On a personal note, he is one of the best damn people I know. Welcome the actual justice warrior, Sean Fitzgerald. <laughs> She is a public policy and communications professional who advises committed conservatives in Congress. You've seen her on Timcast and Slightly Offensive. Put your hands together for the flawless Lisa Reynolds. He is a philosophy professor at Georgia State University. You've seen him on Joe Rogan, Reason TV, The Majority Report, and he's the host of Give Them an Argument. Welcome, Ben Burgess! This next guy, he is the chief mansplainer and senior political analyst of Don't Walk Run Productions. With over half a million subscribers, he destroys everyone with facts and logic. Please welcome Andrew. Don't walk, run, 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 Andrew, run. All right. Hey, everybody. How we doing? Yeah. All right, so uh, I was thinking we could start this off a little bit different than usual. So I've got a list of topics that were suggested for things to, for us to talk about. Why don't I read this list of 
of topics, and each one of you, one by one, could say which one of these you think is going to be the most important to voters, or you could add one that wasn't on the list, all right? Here we go. Build back better. What should have happened? Where do we go from here? Social media censorship. Antitrust laws. Transparency education. What do you want to see? Quote, don't say gay, or quote, anti-grooming bills. Do you agree with the DeSantis bill? How would you alter it? Uh, are term limits effective? Election integrity, voter ID or HR1, what is your policy position or favored policy? What immigration reform would you advocate for? Can any policies help ease inflation? Can Congress do anything? Prescription pills. How can Congress intervene? Student debt relief. Is this a regressive tax or something needed? How did Congress do with spending since 2020? What parts made sense? What failed? All right, one by one. I guess uh, we can start with the far right. Ladies first. Um, the far right, no pun intended. Hey. Um. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what do you think is going to matter to voters? There's so much there. Right now, I think that especially on the right, the parents are really motivated. Parents don't like um, what's going on with CRT. They don't like what's going on with the indoctrination of their children. And that's been going on since like the 1960s. And they're finally like seeing the results, especially after COVID when they were home and got to see what parents, um, what teachers were teaching, what teachers were teaching their kids. Um, I think that's important. I think the border is going to be big. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's a bunch of things in there that are, inflation's huge. People are feeling all of Biden's regressive policies in their wallets right now. And so we're, we're in for a, a really interesting 2022 uh, election right. season. Education, what's being taught. Andrew, what do you think? Uh, I would, I would add to that, uh, uh, definitely education. Uh, with, with the governor's races, there's going to be 36 governors up for uh up for election re-election and crt and education and mask mandates and it's just going to be down the line uh you're you're going to see you're going to see a lot of uh i think you're going to see probably like three or four states flipped uh from from blue to red uh michigan hopefully M- michigan wisconsin uh minnesota nevada i think that those those are all in play uh, after after what happened in Virginia. Virginia was a wake up call, and the Democrats are not heeding that call. They're doubling they're doubling down, and that's a big big mistake. It, you're going to see you're not going to see a red wave or a red tsunami. It's going to be like a fucking red earthquake. <laughs> that's that's my <laughs> Sean. Yeah. I mean, education is important. Obviously, the Virginia race did kind of hinge on that specific issue. But I would say the one not mentioned is crime. Like, in New York City, Eric Adams won the Democratic primary for because he was the most tough-on-crime candidate in New York City. Now, whether or not that panned out when he actually became mayor is something we can discuss later. But crime on the local level is shifting positions and opinions. And the number one voting group that seems to be shifting based on crime is Latinos. So everybody's talking about how all of a sudden Latino Americans are going from solid Democratic voters to kind of acting more like Italians or or other Catholic immigrants in the past. So crime is the issue that I would want to get into. Yeah. I mean, I think unfortunately, uh, because the Biden administration and the Democratic leadership uh, has uh, been so tepid and uninspiring, I think that it's entirely possible 
that you will get an election uh, based on contrived culture war nonsense about education and mass and the rest of that. But certainly stuff I would want to get into. Culture war nonsense? Uh, oh, yes. You want to elaborate on that a oh, little bit? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, whereas the stuff that I would want to get into, you know, you mentioned some of what's in Build Back Better. I would also mention, you know, health care. Uh, which the you know 2020 election was about to a great extent and has been completely dropped, and is certainly an example of something where, you know, if the election's about that, the opinions of voters on that are you know to the left of Biden. Never mind the Republicans. So uh, sounds like the culture war stuff, the social issues, and like what kids are being taught, CRT and more, is is on the minds of a lot of voters. Um, is is that what you're calling culture war nonsense? Or can you expand on that? Sure. So uh, I think that a lot of that stuff, I think, is uh, contrived in the sense that some of these uh, are really solutions in search of problems uh, and that there are things that, you know, Republicans would like to change the subject to for obvious reasons because... uh, Wait, why do I feel like you're saying a bunch of nothing? What do you actually mean that it's contrived? I guess you you feel like it because you're not listening or you just no, jump to that it, conclusion that. or like, something what, like what that? What is contrived? Are you saying that people aren't talking to kids in kindergarten through third grade and asking them, like, or talking to them about what gender is and what, what their sexuality should be and talking about masturbation? Are, are you it, saying that it, that's not happening? Well, ta- 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 well talking about talking about masturbation would actually not be affected in any way by... Uh, the but you know that did happen the, recently, uh, by, by the DeSantis bill. There's nothing in that language that's about talking about sexually explicit content or not talking about it. What is in there is about talking about sexual orientation or gender identity, which is a very different set of topics. Do you think that that should be and talked about a, from to, to and, third graders? And I think that the you know, and I think that um, the language, of course, is hopelessly vague. So uh, I think that there are very legitimate concerns about having a chilling effect on just. You know, people, you know, doing, you know, if you want to talk about masturbation, nothing in the bill would stop you. If you want to read a book that has a gay character in it uh, to students, that could potentially stop you. The language is consistent with that. In fact, especially if you look at what's already on the books in Florida, that there is, you know, that it already says um, that, you know, sex ed in Florida, uh, it explicitly says it's in the statues. Look at what PEN America has put out about this that uh, sex ed has to uh, promote abstinence outside of marriage and it has to promote the benefits of monogamous heterosexual marriage, that's already in state law. So I think the idea that, um, you know, I think that in many ways, again, I think it's a solution in terms of a problem. I think it's an attempt to whip up a moral panic so that people will think about that instead of thinking about out-of-control levels of economic inequality, instead of thinking about a health care system that most people hate for very good reasons, instead of thinking about labor unions that most Americans are supportive of and the Republicans are absolutely not, et cetera, et cetera. That's what I mean when I say contrived. So, but if these things are all nonsense, then why is the left fighting so hard against it? Why are they pushing back? Why can't you just go, yeah, it's no big deal. We, why would we teach third graders sex ed sex ed and and uh, gender identity kindergarten kindergarten right the law is what, kindergarten don't say gay if it's a bunch of nonsense why are they pushing back so hard yeah law has nothing to do with sex ed so that's just a basic correction uh, as far as uh, as far as pushing back so hard yeah i think that the uh, i think that the issue 
the alleged problem that something is supposed to be a solution to could be contrived nonsense, and it could still be the case that the proposed solution actually does do real harm in the real world. That they have a, if, um, as with the anti-CRT bills, if you have uh, state bureaucrats looking over the shoulders of classroom teachers and you have this chilling effect where people are worried, oh, if I say the wrong thing about the wrong subject at the wrong time and the wrong person hears it, you know, then they could lose their job. I think that is an extremely unhelpful intervention in, in classroom. Now, as far as why Democrats are pushing back against it the way that they do, I actually agree that it is a huge strategic blunder that they're allowing the discussion to be so much about this, right? I think that in that Virginia election that was mentioned earlier, ideally, McAuliffe would have said, why are you talking, you know, about the schools so much? Why aren't you running for school board if you want to do that? Why because don't we talk, kids were getting why don't we talk about bathrooms. wages? Why don't we talk about unions? Why don't we talk about health care? McAuliffe couldn't do that because he had nothing attractive to say about but, any of that because he's a mediocre centrist. But you're, you're kind of rewriting that election because he did try dismissing the parents and all the people that were concerned about this. He did try downplaying the issue. It turns out... That not parents really. are concerned about what's going on in their kids. And really he went even further, and he started attacking the parents as potential racists. It's a yeah, horrible that strategy. Be, that would be the opposite of downplaying. That would, well, actually, that that, would actually be leading into focusing on the I, issue and just trying to like appeal hard to the other side of the issue. That's a very different thing well, from downplaying it and saying, let's not talk so, about that. Well, it's a strategy. Let's talk it's, about economic equality. It's a strategy, which, course, though. Do. You, you downplay? It's, it's a strategy. It's not downplaying no, 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 strategy. No, you downplay, and then if that doesn't work, you start attacking. Okay. So he was going through the motions. Okay. Like okay. I will agree, it's not a very, well, are, it's not a very I, solid I, I campaign if, if strategy. There was, if there was downplay, it didn't last for very long. Are you saying that parents, I mean, that, that children that go to their guidance counselors in school and they're telling them that they're having problems, and their guidance counselors talking to them about how they're transgender and all that stuff, and the, the, the counselors are hiding it from the kids so much so that the kids are now committing trying. This one girl did two suicide attempts in school, and her they didn't even tell the parents till the second one. You think that's okay to be happening in schools? Do you think it's okay to be reading books like they, like they have in Fairfax, um, where it's talking about older men with with kids that are under you know sixth grade about fellatio you think that that's okay to be in our school system because that is the real problem that it's ubiquitous and people are denying that it's happening but we have multiple examples of it happening over and over again and for you to say that it's we're downplaying the issue or it's not an issue is like an affront to parents like this is this is not what we're supposed to be teaching in school this is absolute this is if anything, it's what Mark said. It was it's the destruction of the family through race and gender, which was a verbatim. Mark, Mark said that. Yeah, it's destruction actually, of the family through race and gender. Yes, hundred Mark said that. Where does Mark say verbatim that? in the Communist Manifesto? <laughs> no, he does not. Yes, he does. He goes <laughs> the destruction of the bourgeoisie family. Uh, the destruction of capitalism is through the bourgeoisie family. It says that. Uh, an Everybody's actual looking quote. it up on your phones. Oh, go, go, go look it up okay. on your phones right now. And tell me, I'm not here's wrong. Here's what you should look it up on your phones. Here's what Mark says. Here's, here's what Marx actually says in the Communist Manifesto about that. Here's what here's what she's yeah, thinking of. Uh, Marx says, "Oh, communists are accused of wanting to destroy the family, but actually, it's capitalism that's already 
destroy the family. That's what Mark says in the Communist Manifesto. Marx does not have some sort of, oh, we're going to do some secret plan to destroy the family through something about race and gender. Yes, that is, uh, I think, to put it nicely, a little anachronistic. Do you, do you agree that he, didn't, he doesn't bring up race and gender in the Communist Manifesto, though? Sounds like He absolutely does bring he up does? race and gender. Up and race here, look, and I mean, look, 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 look it's right here. Manifesto. Mark's angle said the abolition of the family. Like, it's everywhere, guys. Pay attention. No, the abolition of the family, maybe, but not race, race and gender. Well, they, what, he says what, through what, other institutions like race and gender, which motivate people. There's nothing about race or gender in the Communist Manifesto. Trust me on this. Okay. Um, now, but now this, this seems like more like you two are arguing about the issue. But but do you agree that this is going to be important to voters? Are a lot of a lot of parents or people concerned with the next generation of students? Are they going to be voting based on this issue? And would you say most of them are conservative on this? Would you say that most voters feel more um, on 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 Lisa's side, or or what do you? How do you gauge the 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 sense of the culture? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I think that there are a lot of voters, and I mean, I'm not particularly interested in sort of saying like, oh, here's like exactly you know what the poll breakdown is. I actually think that's the least interesting sort of discussion to have. You could just kind of Google that, but I think that the um, but look, my sense is that there are voters who have a variety of concerns, depending on what the election ends up being about, that could be pulled in different directions. Uh, and, you know, I don't think that there's anything like unanimity uh, among parents of school-aged children on this stuff. But, yeah, I think that, sure, there is, you know, there is a chunk of, uh, of parents and there's a chunk of non-parents who could be pulled to vote for Republicans over this if the election is about what, yes, I'm sorry, I do think is a bit of a contrived moral panic where you could find real examples, but I think is blown vastly out of proportion, you know, in terms of prevalence in the school system. Um, yeah, Sean, what, what do you think? You've been kind of quiet. I think, I mean, as far as where the American people are lined up, like, parents become more conservative overall. So, like, even if they're, like, genuinely progressive or genuine, or more left-leaning, when it comes to their children, that's always going to be a shock issue. And the reason the Republicans are harping on this issue is because there's no real good defense from the left. They have, like, not concocted their rebuttal. So I think if the Republicans make this the issue, they will have even better gains than if they don't. Because right now there's not a good rebuttal. And even the, like, I know you want to talk about policy and I'm, I feel you on that because we all work in the political space and we're interested in that. But most people vote emotionally. So when you say, listen, I want to talk about, like, this specific economic issue, that's not what people actually vote on. And we've seen that time and time again when they go to the polls. Well, they're not thinking about, you know, unionization policy. Well, there's certainly, I mean, certainly there have been many, many elections where people are thinking about unions when they go to the polls. Uh, historically, uh, I agree that for a variety of reasons, that's very unlikely to be the case in 2022. And uh, usually economic voters vote when like, so, the economy's bad, I throw out this party. It's, it's never more than that level of superficial. So let's bring like, it back well, to it is, economics it is a little bit, I mean, it is a little bit more, right? I mean, I think that you, could, you, certainly find, uh, you certainly find areas of the country where unionization had a lot to do with voting patterns over, sure. the, course of, over the course of decades, right? You know, and I think, it, I think if you – I mean, you're right, of course, right, that it's going to be an emotional thing. It's going to be a visceral thing. And so if you're going to get people excited to vote for you for the sake of efforts to, like – materially help people and create a more equal society, you've got to be pushing stuff that's like big and ambitious. It's going to get people excited and inspired on that kind of emotional, visceral level. I and mean, if you're going to say, 
Biden and the Democratic leadership certainly haven't done that. So, like, there's really no way, unfortunately, that the 2022 elections could end up being about that. Then, unfortunately, I agree. But everything they are doing that's in that vein is hurting Americans in their pockets. So if we want to talk about, if you want to, like, change it to actual policy, we can go economic policy, energy independence, and how we've totally depleted in less than a, well, in a year and a half um, our energy independence and we can we can talk about how inflation and ridiculous excessive spending is is the cause of this inflation so let's go into policy let's go into if you want to you know get to this uh, everybody equal kind of utopia that you want to live in um, how is it like Biden implementing those policies is hurting Americans in their pocket, and which, that's going to be another driver for the election season too. I mean, which, people which are looking those, at their own gas, gas prices. Which of those do you think Biden has implemented? Because I mean, last I checked, even the fifteen dollar minimum wage didn't happen, uh, which was absurdly. We're talking on, about the on, not drilling on the, federal lands, the Keystone the excuse, Pipeline canceling, the okay, Nord okay. Stream uh, 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 sanctioning uh, uh, that one, being uh, okay. more energy uh, dependent on Russia, and and, and so. So now okay. you're talking. So now you're talking about environmental policies, and that's fine to talk about. But that's a very different thing from what we were just talking about in terms of. We were talking a, about economic. It's not really about it, the environment. An economically egalitarian, you know, policy to make the society more economically egalitarian. Biden has done exactly nothing. I mean, even the $15 minimum wage was nixed on the grounds that, sorry, the Senate That's parliamentarian, a staffer who issues non-binding recommendations we could fire at any time, said we couldn't. That shows what the level of commitment to that is, which is nothing. Well, he's not even sentient, so like, let's not act like he's the one that's uh, you know in charge of anything. It's all staffers anyway but i mean they, they've made you know biden made so many promises down the line through the campaign oh we're going to cancel ten thousand dollars in student debt what happened to that oh we're going to we're going to give everybody if, if georgia if john ossoff and warnock if they win their their race we're going to give everybody a two thousand dollar check and they were like oh uh not, not really two thousand <laughs> remember that it was just like a twelve hundred dollar check they, actually it they kept was, it was they trump sold to it. correct you it was trump pushing the two thousand right, dollar checks which but i then actually they, came out against jumped too. on it but they jumped wrong. on it and, and that was the selling but, uh, point but also and warnock certainly ran on it you know and, oh they like and, warnock's and, gone and all the Democrats warnock is not going to win his election special elections and they didn't do it which i agree Biden sucks. He should have done those things. I mean, the, the defense for the 1400 oh my God, I'm defending Joe Biden a little bit, is that he said that they gave him six and then he gave him 14, but which they, was not the promise. No, but, no. Warnock uh, had on his Instagram, it said, see this $2,000 check? It could be yours if you vote for me. I mean, they, they said 2000 They didn't say 1400 or whatever. I, I love was, that politics has devolved so much where they're like, we'll bribe you with your own money. Just, no, every, just come out look, to the polls. Look, they, they take they, they took every single word that Trump said literally. And then when we do it, to when we do it back, they're like, no, 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 no. Let's walk that back. That's not what they meant. He, he, Joe, Joe Biden, poor Joe Biden, he didn't mean... To say that you know we would if if Russia had a chemical weapon if they used a chemical weapon that would we would respond in kind which means we'd use chemical weapons he didn't say that no he didn't say oh hey let's uh, this man Putin cannot remain in power he didn't say that. he didn't mean that. He didn't mean it, and he denies it. The guy's the guy's a joke. All, all very solid criticisms. That's why I campaigned hard for the other guy. The primary. but Trump is like, oh my god, he said Kofefi once, you know, and uh, like, oh my god, it's a headline for a week, you know. With, with Trump, it's like, hey, you know, Trump, Trump likes. Uh, 
two scoops of ice cream at the White House. It's amazing. That I can't. You can't believe this. He loves ice cream. You, and then with with Joe Biden, they're like, "What kind of ice cream are you eating, sir?" Oh, chocolate. You know, so you, you missed it's, the best. It's, it's such a double standard. Anyway, I'm I'm getting. I'm you getting missed the best part of that, where he said that he. Putin couldn't remain in power, but that was his personal opinion. It wasn't the position of the presidency. They pulled the Pope. But no, but but after he said that, CNN and MSNBC were just—they were basically like he's. This, this is like his his uh, Reagan uh, Berlin Wall moment that he was he was calling for regime change, and then immediately the White House is like, he didn't mean that. He didn't mean that exactly. Because it gives like, no Putin no out, right? Like if you want him to pull back from this, and you're going to automatically say that he's some you know war criminal, and that means he's going to be tried. It, it doesn't give him an out to pull out. If anything, it's going to make him double down. It was like one of the worst things he could have said ever. Yeah. And, and now we're we're here. Yeah. Where we are. I mean, I agree. I have a uh, I have um, had an article in the Daily Beast last week about why the U.S. should be pushing for a negotiated solution uh, to the conflict. Uh, sounds like everything Andrew's been saying for the last few minutes are all the criticisms that the left has made of Biden, and so of course they're all ones I agree with. But why do we care about this issue? There's 14 other conflicts going around where there's more people dying than in Ukraine right now. There's 14 other conflicts, and why do we care about this one? And this is what's more important than actually what policy and what elections are there, because what happens is is that the the media controls all the narratives. It controls what you care about. It controls what conflicts you care about. It controls all of that. And so it doesn't really matter who wins what election, because the thing that's driving everything in this country is like this overarching media narrative, which is clearly aligned with the left, as I'm sure you would agree with. And so, it, it, what does it matter? What does it matter who's in there? Do you agree with that? <laughs> that the left runs the media? Uh, yeah, I, I think that the left runs the media to the exact extent that Marx is concerned with race and gender, the Communist Manifesto. They are. Uh, I, I think that, like, Giant corporations uh, run the media. Giant corporations whose profit interests are obviously aligned with precisely the opposite of the left's agenda. Giant corporations that don't want to have to pay their like Disney. Yes, like Disney, because again, the reason you don't think so is that you think that this kind of culture war ephemera. You think that that's like the heart of it. But certainly, if you think about like the platform Bernie Sanders ran on in 2016 and 2020, how much that stuff do Disney executives want? They want to pay their workers more money? They want to make it easier for their workers to unionize? Uh, do, uh, do they want to be taxed to pay for all these expansive social programs? Of course not, right? Again, as Sean pointed out, I don't think anybody picked it up. That might be hypocritical this is of them. why I work for independent left media, Jacobin Magazine, I- because I do not think... Is run by the left. If you want to say that the corporate plutocrats who run the media uh, have cultural politics that are more liberal than yours, I'm sure that's true. But I think that's a very different claim. I, I will also say, like, I, I don't want to gloss over the Ukraine thing really quickly because, yes, there are conflicts that are more deadly. Yes, there are conflicts that are, have been ongoing more. Yes, the media portraying this one as like the most important conflict is odd but like let's not mistake what is happening here russia historically invades its western neighbors what we're seeing is that happening the country that they happen to invade is ukraine they used to be a nuclear power after the soviet union fell 
they gave up their nuclear weapons on the promise that they would have some long-term security. And the fact that that's being broken is a dangerous precedent for the world order going forward. I agree with that. But we also said we also said that we would move – NATO said that they would move no further that, to – No. So, yes. no. That, I, see, I don't want to be a Putin apologist Sh- up here. And Sh- I'll Sh- get in Sean, after, after, you answer, well, after you answer the NATO expansion question, I'm really curious what you think the U.S. should do with Russia. Sure. But first, the, the whole thing about expanding one inch uh, eastward, it's just not the case. So if you listen to Gorb- Gorbachev's interview, and in, I believe um, 2014, he explains this clearly, that what they were talking about was the unification of Germany and how the U.S. was not going to expand into eastern Germany at the time of unification. There was nothing to talk about Poland or any of these other countries at the time because they were part of the Soviet Union. So obviously they weren't going to join NATO. They were in the Warsaw this is basic, and I'm sorry to say it, it is basic uh, anti-American propaganda that I'm seeing all over the media. It's just not true that that promise was made. And by the way, NATO doesn't really expand in the way that you think. It's not like we say, you get in NATO, we got you. These countries asked to be in NATO. And one of the countries that asked to be in NATO immediately was Poland. One of the things that you could know Poland for, if you don't know anything else about it, is that its nickname during World War II was the Bloodlands. If you live between Germany and Russia, of course you're going to want to join an alliance that protects you from that. And the idea that the Ukrainians should be invaded by the Russians because they wanted to join That's an alliance... That's said, Sean. Hold on, I'm just putting it out there. I'm not saying you specifically, but the idea that the Ukrainians should be invaded by the Russians because they wanted to join an alliance designed to prevent them from being invaded by the Russians makes no sense. Like, of course, you have the right to self-determination. How much does this matter to voters, by the way? Not Not really a lot. Actually, Ukraine doesn't mean anything. But but our oil independence does, and how it's driving up prices does, and how much we're reliant on Russia and foreign nations for our oil does. And that's where the Ukraine conflict comes in. But no, what does matter is our people's wallets, for sure. Right, so So, people vote their their wallet. Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I I did just want to, because I'd asked a question earlier, I I did just want to hear the answer, because what Sean thinks the U.S. should be doing, it's not doing in Ukraine. It's... It's actually hard because I do agree that if you start seriously arming the Ukrainians with offensive capabilities, you're going to end up in a situation where that could be seen as an additional aggression, and nobody wants to have a World War III. But the problem is, is that if you continually allow the Ukraine, the Russians to expand, then they're going to see that as maybe an incentive to expand more and more. So we might be squashing a fight right now that's going to be an even bigger and more vicious war in the future. So there's not really a good solution, if I'm being 100% honest. Like, I acknowledge that fully. And this is also not all on Joe Biden. This is years of history among multiple administrations. And it's also Russia's tendency to expand uh, westward because they've been doing that for 500 years. And unless you believe in my time-traveling NATO theory, it's not all due to NATO aggression. What do you think the best-case scenario to the end of this conflict is going to be? Um, I, I don't even know. Like, honestly, maybe, like, if, if they get some territory and they decide to quit, but I don't think that's going to happen. See, I, I, I think ultimately we shouldn't even be doing anything Agreed. with the U.S. That's, the, the U.S. should not be 100%. in this conflict at all. Well, second, the, the, the solution is, to stop the bloodshed is just give the Donbass to Russia. It was theirs anyway. Russian separatists were there. It was basically under Russian control, right? So just give it to them. And, and if you can negotiate the whole, that and say, let's... Donbass, what's that? All of Donbass? So like Mariupol, all of that? 
I'm, I'm not a, I'm not How a, about it's none of our business? Who cares? Yeah. Look, I, but, but how about okay, that? But, but like, if, who gives a if, shit if what wanna, they if have? you want to stop the bloodshed, do some real negotiation instead of uh, Zelensky saying, hey, we need a lot of money. How about just let's, gonna, like, you know, do our own oil and not be relying no, no, on them and, like, get, like put America first? Yeah, who well, no, cares? Our, 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 energy, care. our energy so policy right now is ridiculous because we haven't had, uh, a, like, a land lease sale since Biden took office. And we had an offshore sale, and it was immediately – there was, like, lawsuits, and the, the DOJ, they don't care. They're not fighting it. They're not like, no, we really need to sell this offshore uh, property. They're just like, yeah, we're fine. Uh, Deb, Deb Haaland is just like, I don't care, right? Now the courts are forcing uh, the Biden administration to go back and sell uh, these, these land leases uh, for oil and gas, but now they're saying we're going to up the the uh, royalty rate. So you know when you pump oil, we need a bigger percentage. They hate oil, they hate fossil fuels, but they'll they're they're so into uh, taking that extra money if if the the oil companies say hey we'll, we'll drill there, uh, which and and it's also stifling. Some of these companies are like I don't we don't have to do this. It's like we're giving too much. We're paying three. Hundred, we're paying three hundred years of carbon tax. Uh, it, basically, they 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 look at they they look at what's being drilled, and then they say, "How does this affect the world for three hundred years?" And and they they tax these companies that it's ridiculous. It's in the Wall Street Journal. It's an amazing piece. I, I will say to go to go back to the Ukraine, but I will make it about oil really quickly. <laughs> um, the the, the just get out that, of Ukraine. I, I agree with you. Like the United States, like it doesn't affect the day to day lives of every American right now. I mean, there's shocks to the oil market, which, by the way, the U.S. I do think should be pumping more oil. But the idea that a disruption in the global supply chain anywhere doesn't affect prices everywhere is just economically illiterate. I'm but not as, saying that. But as for like give them the Donbass, like who's giving it? Like it's not our it's not our territory to give. I'm not saying we give it. I'm saying th- this should be, be this should be between the, the Ukraine. And Russia. But, That's it. But I, I, I have a memory that goes back to 2014. And I love you, Andrew, but I got to push back. <laughs> I have a memory that goes back to 2014 when we were like, the world was like, okay, well, he took Crimea. Like, I, I guess we just let him have that kind of. Here's some sanctions or whatever. I'm sure it won't happen again. Like, how long before this problem reoccurs? Like, Why is and, it our problem? Sanctions don't work anyway. Everybody knows sanctions don't work anyway. Like, who cares if he takes Crimea? Who really cares? Do you I, care? Yeah, re- remember right, Remember how the sanctions were supposed to be a deterrent, and then suddenly, like, oh, no, no, we never said that. I, sanctions never deter. I don't want to send Americans... <laughs> we are not the world police. Like, it's, it is not our problem. When are we When are we a country? We're not even really a country anymore. Why are we a country anymore? Because, what, we, we take all our money and decide we, like, need to solve the world's problems? Can we, like, reinvest that and, and take the money that we're giving to everybody else and pay attention to us and what's going on here? and what's going on our streets and our homeless problem in California and our drug problem and our border problem. Can we just pay... Like, why are we sending $14 million to the Ukraine border but we won't send $4 million to our own? Listen, it's insane. I, I, I 100% agree. To hear, to hear left-wing politicians say, or Democratic politicians to say, because I know you're going to say they're not left-wing, to have them say that the border of Ukraine is sacred 
when they ignore our border, pretty much, is ridiculous and absurd. 100% agree. However, historically, ignoring conflicts breaking out on the European continent has not worked out as a good strategy to save American lives. Actually, it has. And on top of that, like, if we're talking about, like, Iraq or, like, other wars in the Middle East where there's no real strategic advantage, and we're not talking about a nuclear power undermining the precedent of a country being able to disarm, then I would 100% agree with you. But the problem is that the Ukrainians made a deal and every other country is going to think that the best way to protect themselves from being invaded is to get a nuclear weapon. And that is not in the American strategic interest for everyone to be a nuclear power. And to deny that is just not connected to reality. Don't you understand, though, that the reason that we were so prosperous and successful after World War II is because we were the last country to, like, really get involved, right? The, the more, the less that we get involved with things, the less that we stay out of it, the better off America is in general. If we, it's true, if we go and focus our stuff back on us and stop worrying about the, like, let's, who cares? Who cares if Russia has all of Europe? I don't care. Who cares? I don't. <laughs> the one guy okay, clapping. I mean, okay, maybe. Well, all right, but like, we'll it doesn't matter. I, mean, I see your, I, I see your point. <laughs> I am being I mean, a little extremist right now, but like that's not, like, uh, it's not necessarily. But my point is, is that like we have so many. Like, if everybody would just concentrate on their own country and the things that are important to them, and and like I said, we're struggling. We have our own problems. We we have like this inflation is crazy. Actually, the Russian whatever it is is doing. Ruble is doing better than our own dollar at this point. And it, you met, the, you mentioned you mentioned the border. You know what I mean, right? And and that's that's a huge issue right now too. Like, what can we do? What what can we uh, what can we do to what, what what can the Democrats do to fix it? Because they're not doing anything about yeah, it. So, so, you, so you mentioned the you mentioned the border, and you said something that you know I I, I have to say I can't let this go. You, you know you said that like oh we're treating Ukrainian you know the Ukrainian border is sacrosanct but not America's. I mean, do you actually think? that there's some analogy between like people just like coming over to work and live and an invading army like bombing the shit out of the country and you know etc 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 everything that Russia's doing in Ukraine how, how are not how are not hundreds of thousands of of migrants of illegal aliens how is that not considered even remotely considered an invasion cuz that's there- not what the word invasion means i mean that's i mean like this is uh, invasion is when you have a army that comes in to try to absorb a country into another country or to change its government by force of arms. What you're talking about is just people coming in, like, in the hopes of getting better jobs, right? The uh, Russians are not coming into Ukraine to, like, see if they can work at Ukrainian restaurants, uh, you know, at Russian restaurants, you know, in, uh, in Kiev, right? Right. You know, Russians are not coming into you know to Ukraine just kind of in the hopes that like they won't be noticed and they can you know they can live and work there. Uh, they're coming into Ukraine to bomb. What about the terrorists you know, coming to bomb over U.S. cities? You know, to, to bomb Ukrainian cities, etc. Right? Twenty-fourth and so, I think that there's. Uh, I think that like whatever your views on immigration are, that just seems like an ex- you know that that analogy is one that I'm going to have trouble with. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. Would you say voters consider illegal immigration to be akin to a country invading us? That sounds like more like maybe a commentary, but not like how voters maybe look at it. What do you? Yeah, think? how many need to come over? How many? Like, what's the number that needs to come over before it's like it's, a, it's a, the equivalent a of a country? Voter, they just, just want to come over. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. 
what the number is. The, you know, invasion doesn't mean, you know, people just peacefully coming over to live and work. Invasion Peacefully, means, the cartels are peacefully inva- taking over California? Invasion means that there is an army that's coming in, like, shooting and bombing, you know, which I think you'd have to agree. So we've had terrorists come over. What, we've had cartels you know, coming over. Uh, we've Mexican had or Central American immigrants have done in the United States. It has nothing to do with numbers. Now, I, 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 understand, I understand your point, and I didn't say, to be clear, that the that the invading Russian army is the same thing as people invading the southern border, if you want to use that like terminology. But it is a problem, and our border of the United States should be more paramount than the border between the Ukraine and the Russians. Now, there are geopolitical reasons that I think are being downplayed on why that territory matters, but I do. Th- I was just making fun of the comment that the that the Ukrainian border is sacred, or whatever the phrase that they used for it was, because it was kind of absurd from a guy who was running on open borders messaging, even if that was not what he fully intended in terms of policy. Let me ask a question: um, If a lot of American voters are like fed up with Democrat policies, then what do could Republicans have to do to not fuck this up? I, with time, they're gonna they're gonna fall out of favor. Like this is what we have in our country: is if somebody gets elected president, their party gets killed in the midterms. And I wouldn't say that they're really like falling out of love with the Democratic policy. Joe Biden won an election based on not being Trump. Like that was his whole campaign. There wasn't really a lot of policy to that. But again, he's like Obama, who was a way more successful campaigner, won by huge margins. He lost the midterms because people are in a mood right now in this country where they just want to throw the bums out every every two to four years. But even more so with this administration, because it's like Trump had COVID. That was his big thing. That was that was the crisis that he had the least amount of control over. Biden has everything from gigantic inflation, massive inflation, to a what what is basically a proxy war. It's in a crisis Europe. after crisis. You have the it, Afghanistan crisis. You have the Ukraine gas crisis, crisis gas oil crisis, crisis, economic crisis, crime crisis, supply chain year, issues. Look at how we've had all these crises over and over again. Like it, it, it is it is because he it's failed feckless leadership. So so and, so, and it's and it's not just in, it's, in Afghanistan because I'm surprised because you just said like five minutes ago that you thought that it would be like fine. I I, I still think, I absolutely think we should have pulled out. So if you want to know my take on Afghanistan, if you're going to go there, this is what we should have done. We should have absolutely pulled people out, but we should have waited till the winter, number one, which they were advised to do, but he wanted to do it before that September deadline. But if they waited until the winter and pulled it out when it's hard in the mountainous Hills of Afghanistan that, that to do that. What, like a week? I mean, no, well, no, no, no. As a matter of fact, it wasn't. But there were also, but there were also twenty there were, years of armed, funded, and pouring no, money into this government. There were also there were also conditions that could last for two minutes. The, no, there were the also States. conditions to the pullout, which were not. We could have for another met. ten years. Never no, mind. No, not ten years. Not ten years. You just waited two months. You could have pulled everybody out of there slowly. And every foreign policy person, like Todd Bensman and all the people that study this all the time, like even if you just waited a month and a half to do that, it would have been seamless. If you would have transitioned people out of there slowly, there was a plan to do it, but he wanted to get it done before that September 11th deadline. Yeah, he Everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%. There was a way to do it. Do I think that we should have been there? No. Do I think we should have pulled our people out? Yes. The, the way that he did it was a complete failure and everyone knows it. 
And 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 here's the only here, way I'm, to have I'm a state say, pull out from Afghanistan would be to actually make it a negotiate, you know, to actually like negotiate with the Taliban about how to do it because they were gonna come to power the second. I think that negotiating the with the Taliban second, is a bad idea. I never United thought that Trump was pull out. They have a, in that box. This idea, you know, there's a reason that Trump was, you know, he laid the diplomatic framework, but there's a reason that Trump wasn't willing to uh, uh, yank the Band-Aid off while he was president because whenever it happened, it was gonna be. But a we didn't have to leave our people hanging there waiting to get into. Like I, I was helping our translators come here. I was actually getting their passports and sending them to private planes to help our people get here. I'm telling you that the way that he did it was completely irresponsible from from ground up. It was wrong. And we have and we have a lot of people that did help us, translators and things like that. And they should be here. They should be protected, but they weren't. We have people that are still there, stuck there. It and, was wrong. And the Taliban are terrible, obviously, but the the negotiation, the terms, the conditions were that the Taliban was supposed to be act in active negotiations with the Afghanistan government. Biden pulled out, and they, they were not in. They they had dropped out of negotiations. So I have a feeling that Trump. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com.
violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. He wouldn't have rushed it. He would have said, we're, we're pulling people out and, and get into these negotiations. And it could have happened. And then we could have pulled out. And then if, if, they, if the Taliban had issues after we pulled out, that's their problem. All you had to do is wait till the winter season where they can't fight back. Like, what? And just, I, I, I have a feeling that if the, if the Republicans win back the Senate and the House, there's going to be committees dedicated to the Afghanistan pullout, to uh, whatever happens with the Durham report, which... You say that. Listen, I'm a Republican. I'll tell you that probably won't happen either. When do you think the Durham is going to come out with a uh, with, with his... I think it's going to mean nothing. Like, all these investigations mean really? nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I work for Congress, and there are good members. There really are, like, some that that you don't see on TV every day, but in all in all, like everybody sucks. I'm, I'm, I think I'm more hopeful. I think I'm more hopeful with, uh, with, the, with what's actually the outcome of the Durham report. It, at the very least, we're going to have, we're definitely going to have better, uh, committees than, than the, the sleeping the reports. <laughs> I have a question. So I've heard, uh, I've heard Trump mentioned a few times. Uh, he's kind of an elephant in the room in a sense. This is the first election season since he left office. Um, what, what is, what does it mean to be a Republican candidate today? What kinds of, uh, Republicans are going to be running in this upcoming election season, you think? Is it going to be the, uh, the Trumpian types? I guess, like, what comes to mind? Association, uh, protectionist, um, I don't know, whatever else you associate with Trump versus more of the, like, old style, um, I don't know, what, how would you describe, like, more of a William Buckley type of Republican? Anyway, what, what, what does it, it mean to be it a Republican? Honestly, it honestly depends on what your district is like, and people always get this confused. People will say, like, oh, people that are, say, in more red states or red counties, and they'll say, oh, you know, these, these Republican congressmen, they don't do anything. They're not, like, they're not leaders. They're not far right enough. We should just get these rhinos out. But, like... The rhinos are in purple districts where their constituents are rhinos, right? And so it depends on actually where you live and, and what it's going to look like. You're never going to get rid of the McCart, I mean, the, um, Romney types. You're never going to, because that's, that's what his home state looks like. That's what his district looks like. I mean, it, de- it really depends on where you live. Now, the pe- the places that are right, say like Southeast Texas is becoming more right, more red, red meat, more red wing, right wing. But, um, and you'll see those go further to the right. But um, I think that more people are, be, are getting to be in that purple zone. So like Pennsylvania, you might see swing more right. Um, Florida, we know, is going to stay right. I, I just don't think that it's gonna, there is like a, a Trump Republican. It, it depends county by county and district by district. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I was going to – Trump's – what, what a lot of people don't understand about politics is overall what most voters want because they play team sports is to win. Trump is the guy right now. So if you're running as a Republican, you're going to be more like Trump because until 
there's another candidate that wins another presidency. Like, he's the last guy that won, and he genuinely has broad support amongst the Republican Party. His impact is more superficial than changing policies. Like, Trump's yes. policies tended to change more on who he had in staffing positions in his administration and what Jared Kushner wanted to do. But the, the, the way that he fights back, that's what the Republicans have kind of been duplicating and all that. So it's more, like, he's always been more of a symbolic candidate than somebody who's more policy-oriented, which everybody always thought that was a bad thing. They're like, we need, like, this guy that, like, knows all the details and all that. But in reality, he just, like, let his staff do their things. So if you're, like, genuinely a Republican, then you would get pretty Republican policy from him because his staffers were doing it. Because, again, he's more of a salesman. He's more of a face. He's more there to be a lightning rod to take all the strikes and draw all the attention away. And by the way, the people who need Trump back the most aren't the Republicans. They're the Democrats. They're still trying to run campaigns against him. Yunkin's entire camp, uh, the campaign against Yunkin was Trump said nice things about him. He said nice things about Trump. But when he's not in the room, all of a sudden you got to find something else because people are like, he, he's not that focal point that the left needs to rally back against them. So his impact is more symbolic. He's probably going to run again if we ever get to that question because everybody who runs for president has a giant ego, and he'll probably win. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I think that's probably right. Uh, I, I definitely want to like circle and underline one of the first things you said, which is that you know you asked a minute ago about you know Trump Republicans versus what did you say like William like F. versus never Trumpers yeah and I would say that the difference between the two is largely about what the what's on the packaging not what's inside the can that they uh, that um, you know if you look like a few years ago Steve Bannon did this debate in Toronto the must debate with um, David Frum. And I, and I thought it was amazing. There was like an hour or something debate, and they never, never actually got around to disagreeing about policy, because why would they? They're basically Republicans, right? Uh, they, they pretty much agree on that stuff. If you look at how Trump governed outside of certain, you know, I think very cruel gestures with regards to um, immigration and various attempts at the Muslim ban, outside of that... Was that a Muslim and out, ban? And outside of some of the... Outside of some of the sort of erraticness about foreign policy, I think that Trump pretty much governed the way that Mitt Romney would have governed if he'd won in 2012. I think Trump pretty much governed the way that John McCain would have governed, you know, if uh, if he'd won in 2000, in 2008. You know, basically that you know you have an administration that's pretty much staffed with regular Wall Street Republicans who want to deregulate, who want to bust unions, who you know want to lower Terrible. taxes, all that stuff, and all the populist hot air just kind of. Whiffs away. What everybody on this panel seems to be ignoring right now is that, like, regular people who are maybe interested in politics, maybe not, and even left wing or people that were like center left are now swinging more right wing because they see how disastrous Biden and the Democrats' policies have been on their wallets and on on their kids. And you look at it like my boy James, James Klug on the street. You should, he, you should see these people that are like, whoa, I didn't expect Biden to be like this. He's awful. I can't believe I voted for him. You see it all over Twitter, right? Like, the, the people are, are pissed. People are pissed that our inflation is, what, 8% now, I think? I don't remember the latest numbers, but they're watching people flood over our border. We're watching California towns get taken over by cartels. We are watching the destruction of America right before our eyes because of Democrat policies in a year. Think about where we were a year and a half ago and where we are now and how much worse off we are. And you don't think the average American person sees that? You're crazy. There are way more people coming to the right and it's not because of Donald Trump. It's not because of anything. It's because of bad Biden administration policies. All, all Republicans, thank you. 
All Republicans need to do is be be aggressively anti-war, as, as definitely with with Ukraine, and just, just do not every, what they've been doing, and just do every just just take every Democrat policy and say, I'm going to do the opposite. See, like I, every, every I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna even disagree on on the foreign policy stuff. People don't vote on foreign policy. Afghanistan, the Afghanistan war is polling at 18 percent for a decade. Nobody lost their job over it. But what with, Republicans need to do is say, look at the price of gas. Look at it. Look at the price of gas before. Just run your campaign simple, an issue that goes to the gut of the American people, and play tapes of Jen Psaki and all these people saying, oh, well, they, they could drill all they want. Like, don't worry about it. Like, it, oh, you know, it's Get just Get an electric this car. It's only like, 50 grand. Just run your campaign like that. Play, yeah, play Pete Buttigieg saying, uh, like, get an electric car. Don't worry about it, bro. All right. Same question I asked about Republican candidates, about Democrats. What does it mean to be a Democrat candidate in the upcoming election season? Is it going to be like, are they going to double down on the gays, like the identity, you know, social stuff about it for no reason? Are they going to focus more on the economic stuff, you think? Yeah. I mean, look, I think that, um, I mean, in a way, it's like what Lisa said, it's district by district. Uh, They... um, uh, I think that I think that it really depends. Um, I think that you know you could get you know a few more people who actually have good economic policies uh, to you know win democratic primaries and then you know then win elections but like i 'm not wildly optimistic about that right I think that uh, you know I think that unfortunately right I think that the left was defeated in uh in 2020 and it is going to take a while for that moment to come again in quite the way that it did and so unfortunately yeah i think that you are going to get a lot of democrats who sort of lead into uh you know lead into the culture war stuff on their side you know this is the uh this is the party that um again they couldn't get it together even to pass a $15 minimum wage. But, you know, you could get them to, like, beclown themselves, like, wearing kente cloth, you know, and kneeling in, uh, in, 2000, you know, in 2020. Unfortunately, that says everything. You I mean, know, that didn't it's, work. It's a, Neither it's, did the $15 it's a, it's a minimum pro, wage in, pro, in uh, Washington uh, State either. But I mean, I, it's, yeah. it's a fundamentally establishment pro-corporate party. There are There is a small opposition within it that actually does have widespread popular support for some of its policies, but it's probably going to take a long time for it to have much of a breakthrough. Yeah, so uh, if you see uh, your, if you're a Democrat and you see your local Republican saying, you know, the Democrats are teaching our kids too much too soon about sex at school and also their economic policy is putting us all in poverty, uh, how do you answer that as a Democrat? And you can all give, whether or not you're in the habit of giving Democrats advice, you can all sort of say, what do you think a Democrat candidate could say to counter that? Well, I mean, if they're saying they're teaching too much sex at school and then, the, uh, and then that's used as, uh, as a reason to support stuff like the DeSantis bill in Florida, I would just simply point out that that bill is irrelevant to that issue, that there's nothing in there that says that you can't, uh, you know, has anything to do with teaching about sex in school. It says stuff about teaching sexual orientation in school. So masturbation, uh, pardon the pun, so wait, so wait, my eight-year-old, uh, I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. But, uh, but again, reading a book with a gay character in it, quite possibly something people might worry that they shouldn't do because uh, because this incredibly broad, vague language is chilling, Sweet. which is the which is the which is the entire point. But really, what they should do, unfortunately, I think most of them aren't gonna. 
right? But what they should do is say, why are you talking about this? You're talking about this because in terms of the issues that actually materially affect people's lives, you've got nothing. Here's what we should do instead. Unfortunately, most Democrats can't do that because they have absolutely nothing appealing to say. My five-year-old and my eight-year-old should have teachers talking to them and saying, if you choose to be a girl, you can be a girl. If you choose to be a boy, you can be a boy. You sanction that at, at between kindergarten and third grade. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> wait, wait a second. So you think fourth grade it's fine? No, I don't think any of it's fine. Actually, I think the bill didn't go far enough. I think it yeah, should okay. never be discussed okay. with just... teachers, as a matter of fact. I think that it was, uh, I think that if it, so, anything, so if, uh, that bill so, needed to go 100 million times so, further. So if, uh, so if a student says in, uh, in a class, a fourth grade class, a 12th grade class, apparently for you. Kids don't talk right? about that. They if, don't if even if know. It's, what... if it's, oh, come on. If a student says, oh, I heard such and such was gay. What does gay mean? Uh, you, know, you should just say, sorry, I'm not allowed to answer. No, you say, talk to your parents. Talk to your parents. It's that easy there is no reason there is no reason at all for I, I saw that one guy on like tiktok or whatever it was and he was like oh i can't tell my my kids first of all it's not your kids about my gay students, cruise or right whatever. like about about going paddle boarding with my partner right why just say you don't need to say you went paddle boarding with your partner all you have to say is i went paddle boarding this weekend and by the way oh, anybody just, in this room don't your teachers did your teachers, when you guys were growing up, anybody in this room, did they tell you what they did on the weekends? Yes. No, I, no, I, no yes. they didn't. Anybody they who says otherwise, not. frankly, I, I, either doesn't. Your teachers are not your school, friends. When I was in kindergarten, when I was in kindergarten or third grade, I didn't know F all about my teachers. Okay. I didn't know I think anything. It, I think if about, you think I knew that that's a universal experience, whether they were or a man or a woman, it is inappropriate. age threshold, they are not. I there. think that's very silly. If the, dem- I if the Democrats, you know were, it's not a universal the Democrats were smart, and they are and not. that you are pretending for the sake of demagoguery that it is what? a universal. Teachers are experience. not there to be your friends. They're t- there to teach you reading, writing, and arithmetic. And they're not even doing. They are not that. there for anything else, right? And they're not even doing that. They're not even doing U.S. U.S. rankings for education are following behind the rest of the world. And you know why? It's because they want to tell you what they did on the weekend with their partner. Oh, yeah. Really? You think that has a big impact on U.S. rankings well, what, what do you think is What do you think is going on? Because they, they seriously seem to be more concerned about that than anything else. I mean, that's what all the outrage is now. <laughs> okay. I do not think that whether some teacher says, as would be very common, for any teacher, gay, straight, whatever. It shouldn't that, be. Like, I would, you know, I would paddleboard it, you know, with my wife, husband, whatever, over the weekend. What's a paddleboarding? I think that they have a... Uh, like, what, what, a, what I think third that, grader I think knows what they, paddleboarding is? Yes. Well, no, you're right. You're care? right. That would just be completely beyond them. There's no way they could possibly grasp the concept of You shouldn't be telling our kids what they're doing know, on the weekend. I know. I know. I need to teach you the alphabet, but I'm going to teach you about paddleboarding today. On a statistical level with educational outcomes like the rankings of the United States as opposed to other countries. If I've got to say, it's wait, kind wait. of absurd on its face. I doubt you believe that. Hold, hold on, hold on. Are you guys telling me that teachers don't sit into the classroom over the weekend until the students come back Monday morning? What? Because <laughs> that's what I believed See, until I the start thought, of this I, conversation. You know, I, I've, actually, I, I've actually known little kids to think that the that teachers lived at the school. That's right? What I, that's what, and, and that's... And, they don't, <laughs> but it's true. You know, maybe it's true. You know, I, I need Allison to jump in here right because, um, first of all, uh, I'm not proud of this, but I'm from a generation where we used to call our teachers gay, and woo, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was not that was not 80s. cool. Also, it's time for the Q and A. 
line up at the microphone and uh, let's find out what are really the triggering topics. If if these Democrats, I, like I, I just really want to say, if the, if the Democrats were smart, right they would just say this this don't don't say gay. That's crazy. That's that's dumb. Why are we even calling that? We shouldn't even. It, it's fine. The bill's fine, and then drop it and let it go. But instead, they're they're fighting it tooth and nail for no reason. It's just making that bill it look didn't go crazy. far enough. Yes, cowboy. You're, I agree. I agree. Uh, this is for Sean and Andrew. Well, mostly Sean, since he's a libertarian. Uh, do you think or do not think that Ron DeSantis is going too far in stopping critical race theory or limiting uh, or r- stopping like ma- mass man- mandates by violating private property rights? Ex- explain how the private property uh, rights. removing uh, the self-government of Disney, forcing private companies to not uh, to uh, not mandate. Uh, vaccine passports. Uh, I, I got you. I got you. So, so a lot of what we saw early on in the after the vaccine got launched was mandates for vaccines in order to maintain your job, and we saw a lot of that from the government level. But there was also a lot of businesses that did that. So DeSantis decided to instead of just not having that from the government level to counteract that by mandating that employers and all these locations can't mandate that. And he's saying that's a that's an issue of private property rights. I would say that it actually is. If you own a business establishment, then you should actually have to be able to make those rulings. Now we have a bunch of conflicting laws and all this stuff about like how you can't deny entry to people based on all these other reasons. So I can understand how it gets legal. Like DeSantis could have a legal justification, but if you're going with the pure private property rights argument. If I say you can't come into my establishment for any reason whatsoever because you're missing something, because you have something, whatever, then that is a violation. As for the Disney Special Administrative Zone, it's a weird thing because they probably should have taken that away after they never built that city in like 1960 when they were supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. So, but as for doing it due to opposition to a bill, I, I feel dubious about that because you end up in a situation where you're using government power to punish organizations and people for their speech. No, but it's it's not it's not speech. It's an it's not it's not even an opinion. Disney was saying that they were going to do what they could to fight this bill. If if you if you say I don't like it, that's fine. But once you say we're going to use our power to get rid of this bill because we think it's harmful blah blah blah. Th- then they're getting into the political sphere. But he, so, he asked me in terms of purely private property rights. Right, but but like, I understand the concept. But you said speech, and it's it goes. It I'm goes actually well with you that. on this, as far right and crazy as I am. Right, like I think that like, if a business wants to say you can't come in here unless you're vaccinated, that's on them, and then make people, and then people like me won't go and, and patronize and ex- that business. I exactly. think that that's fine. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I don't. I think that that was a little overreach. But I do think that you know you can't. Like to to have the CDC or something like that make the, make all these sweeping things when nobody voted them in it is more problematic than businesses saying if you don't want to have a vaccine you can't come. And so. and I've been living in Florida for like the last half year, and there have been businesses that said we require a mask to come in, like GameStop. I was like, not going to GameStop. Never should have went. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, so um, as many of you know, the Biden administration, specifically Biden himself, is losing a lot of young people and millennials, specifically because he broke the promise about college debt. Do you think it's wise to conservatives to jump on that issue, not give out um, payment backs, because that's not right, but actually have a concrete solution like stopping the predatory loan system that's happening on these kids and actually providing incentives to join trade schools and actually providing incentives to work in high school to pay off that college debt? Do you think it's wise to actually give these young people something to snatch away? a key demographic that Democrats have that they actually lost. It's not predatory. He, it, nobody's holding a gun up to somebody's head and say, if you want to go to school... Kind of. No, no, look. The, the federal government should not be giving out loans for school. Correct. That's, that's where I was going to go. We should not be federally stop. backing okay. loans. And if you go through the history of federally backing loans, you can see how much college tuition has increased exponentially somewhere to like 700%. Because yeah. as soon as they started doing that, they knew that those loans were guaranteed and they can jack tuition prices up. And, so and, yeah, this is, this that is, is 100%. A, a panel on its own, yes. right? But the federal government, at the, at the very least, at the, like the, I, I would say, fine, you, you want this money, what are you going to study? Yeah. What's, what's, if you your, what's choose, your rate of return? It doesn't right? matter. Even if you choose, you take out a loan, you decide, I'm going to take a loan alone, and you choose to study some horrible thing where you're not going to get a job or even not even do well, you barely graduate, and, and then you go off to get a job. You still, somebody put that money out for you. You still owe that debt. Like, where is the personal responsibility? Why are we going to say, oh, just because uh, you, you can't find a job because you got all D's or C's, whatever it took to pass, um, we, we're just going to relieve you of that. No, there has to be some accountability, and that's where our whole system is corrupt anyway. There's no accountability for anybody anymore. Professor? Yeah. Um, I think that the evidence from country to country comparisons, including some, by the way, that kick our ass in those, uh, in those uh, education surveys, apparently because, I don't know, maybe teachers in the Nordic countries never admit to paddle boating. That must be why. Uh, but uh, in, some of the, in many of those countries, I think it works quite well. The student loan issue doesn't come up because nobody's it's a homogeneous society. tuition to go to college because this is something that is a basic human good that you should be able to get just for that person, just like K-12, just like it would be unreasonable to charge tuition for somebody to go to high school. It's unreasonable to charge tuition uh, for people to go to college, especially if you're somebody who goes around saying, oh, uh, you know, fast food workers shouldn't complain they can't support themselves on uh, on this income. They should go to college if they want more money. Well, uh, you should you should I, have. Yeah. Did, did anybody on the panel? He Mike? made he made a video to respond to one of my videos, yeah. and the whole time he was just straw manning okay. and put words into my mouth. I, I guess I never. I guess I've, been, I've actually worked. We, we, in fast we watched food. the entirety of the video, yeah, no, so I guess words into my mouth the whole time, and Sean will tell you too. Perhaps he was straw manning himself, but I think if you're going to say that, okay, then you're just a liar. You really need a liar. You really okay? We watched every minute of it. There's no straw manning. If a girl works in fast food right now, is a as to, as, as to the years. question, no. you shouldn't be, if you're going to say... I'm not against people working in fast food. I worked at McDonald's for a day and quit because okay. it was if hot and stinky if you're and the pants say, were too short. Oh, they me. should okay. go back to college if they want more money. I think no, that you, should, what I you said. should treat... I you. Well, it is actually a thing you said. I'm glad to hear that you've reconsidered it. But if you're going to say that, you should not be shaking people down for large amounts of money or any amounts of money to go to college. You should pay for it the, you know, through progressive taxation, the way that countries like Finland that has the best education system in the entire planet do, and that would be better all around, and that way this would be a non-issue. Okay. 
To, to be clear, Andrew... Oh, these are absolutely rights. People who think the only real rights are negative rights... That's me. Uh, ...do not have a good argument. That's me. See? Here for negative rights, guys. To be clear, Andrew said, was playing the clip of the girl saying not everybody could go to college. He didn't tell her to go to school. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, what he <laughs> did you, say... Uh, so, I think that the... Uh, I, I think that that, you know... He didn't need to answer the next question, but you're just... He did, I, he, okay, so did you not say that she, uh, she wanted time off? She, uh, she should have become a manager? What I was saying was that if, if you want, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, but I mean, like, if he's going to play dub about guys, this what is getting he was boring. I've got a really big line here in that video. Uh, they, uh, I think that, like, I think that you have to bring some of this other stuff in because I think if you want to look at in context, oh, is he just making this non sequitur factual point that she, you know, that that she would have had this way of going to college, uh, or is he suggesting? That in fact he says at one point in the video, if she'd just gone to college instead of getting knocked up, then you know, then she wouldn't be having this. No, problem. what I said was saying, that she got knocked up. So and we can't talk about abstinence in schools college. anymore. That's okay. well, okay. Uh, you should All focus right. on that. I'm sorry. It sounds like a, to orientation. be continued on YouTube. I hope. All right, go. Sorry, and Odyssey, that. by the way. All right, this is going to be a question for Sean specifically. Everybody's discussing inconsequential wow. topics like economics and education. Don't you think the real front runner, the person that talks about quality YouTube content like saving the real, is going to be the actual issue on voters' minds? <laughs> yes. Listen, this man is 100% right. There is a show on Warner Brothers. It's being canceled June 3rd. It's the fourth knockoff of The View. It's called The Real. Everybody use hashtag save the real. Yes. Agreed, agreed, because I, I like that spicy content. Hi. Uh, this is for Sean, but it kind of is a little more relevant um, to this discussion on, on midterms and whatnot. Um, I'm a young guy. I'm kind of looking towards the future and wanting to move places. Um, but there's, and, and I've heard some of you guys speak about this before, there's this ongoing uh, phenomen- well, phenomenon where there's all these refugee Californians kind of crossing state lines and moving to other states and, uh, you know, en masse. I'm kind of concerned looking towards the future, uh, and I, maybe this doesn't affect this midterm, maybe, but there's a lot of people moving, say, to here in Texas. And, uh, you know, how, how do I, as a young guy or, or, or older people or, you know, m- millennials looking to move places, trying to find money anywhere to get a house. How do you know that where you're moving, uh, the last bastions of, of freedom and security, how do you know these places aren't just going to turn the shit? It's like we're invading them. Can I, can I say a quick thing? I think the people leaving California are probably more likely to vote Republican. You say that, and then they get here, and they're like well, doing town halls. I'm not us, saying, I'm not saying everybody, but they, but they left for a reason. They're, they 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 left for certain reasons, and and theoretically, they would vote against us. There, there's people who have moved from California over the years to places like Austin, Texas, for the weather. They're typically very Democratic. But if you look at the breakdown of Robert Francis O'Rourke versus Ted Cruz's Senate race... What you would find out is had only native-born Texans voted in that election, Robert would have won and beat Ted Cruz in the Senate race. So, yes, he is right. The red people are moving to the red states, and they're voting for, with their feet. So but I was talking makes, more about COVID. 
you know, like people oh, leaving, even, leaving because of COVID, not, not for the weather necessarily. Right. I'm just saying there's certain, the but there's certain instances of Democrats moving to Austin and then they're like, it's similar weather or whatever. It's fine. No, it's not. But it most of the time. Yeah. But we have the same most, thing. We have the same thing down on the Gulf coast and like we'll hold town halls and they'll say, well, I'm from California. I moved here three years ago and you know, we're, we don't want these, we don't want like, uh, these gun laws we want we want gun restrictions or whatever and they'll stand up and say that and we're like well then go back to california go see ya look there's there's always isolated instances but the overall trend is what it is uh o'rourke would be the senator from texas if not for people moving from other states interesting so ronda santis has proven that republicans can uh push legislation, push towards something with great success. Uh, what other issues other than uh, the gender ideology that's that, that he's uh, outlawing, uh, what other legislation could Republicans push towards? And what other legislation could libertarians or Democrats push towards that wouldn't alienate people on the opposite sides? Well, you can't say energy, but that was where I was going to go before that. But energy, manufacturing, everything that's going to bring back jobs here. People forget that, like, you can go back to just the Civil War, right? Where who who won the war? The people that had the means of production. Where's all the means of production now? It's not here. It's China, right? And so we are. It is. We're going to be vulnerable unless we bring back our energy independence, our manufacturing. If we get rid of you know, all these things that undermine what it, what it means to make America successful. So, I mean, I think that that's where we should start. Anyone else or should we go to, all right, go ahead. Uh, hey, you guys. Um, so my question is, uh, in, uh, in 2017, there was 6 million users on Coinbase, out of which only 1,000 reported cryptocurrencies on their tax returns. At which point the IRS uh, sued Coinbase and got a list of 13,000 names. Uh, and then in 2019, they sent out soft letters the IRS did to basically tell people, you know, you better, you know, start acting right. And not a lot of people did. And so over the years, there's been this crescendo to the IRS implementing just like a massive wave of audits for crypto owners. And so my question is, uh, it probably won't be on this on this election cycle, but very soon, I feel like there's going to be a lot of like scared, pissed off crypto owners that have a massive pool of wealth that could influence politics. How do you see that playing out? All I can say is hopefully. I mean, they've been weaponizing the IRS forever now, so hopefully that does happen. Hopefully people get pissed off and we say get rid of it, do a flat tax. I, I mean, I think people hate the IRS, and for good reason. The IRS collects more information on you than any of our intelligence agencies, and you just turn it over willingly. As for the Coinbase thing in particular, I mean, what was the number you gave? 13,000 names? Uh, they sued them for uh, all the names they got, 13,000. Yeah, th- that may, may not be enough to, like, win an election. And honestly, I don't know anything about, like, crypto or what it's going to be worth or, or anything like that. I, I try not to like put money in things I don't understand, but yeah, people hate stories about the IRS. I think that six hundred dollars side hustle reporting restriction is going to piss a lot of people off. But do they even know that came in the Build Back Better plan or after that? I forgot when they added that. Like, so I don't know if that issue it, it pisses people off because it's the IRS. But I don't know if you could tie that. Like, you can't staple that on Joe Biden's forehead. People feel like they could staple gas prices on his forehead. So I don't. I'm not sure what the impact would be. Yeah, I mean, if the if the idea um, 
is that people just weren't reporting this income at all. I don't know what the flat tax is is going to do about that. I mean, they're not going to pay that either. Uh, I do think that you know, I do think that many people are very irritated. And rightly so by the IRS. I think it's a ridiculous thing that you have this like stressful process where you have to, by a certain deadline, report back to the government information that you're just copying from government forms, uh, even if you have a very simple tax return, even if you just got W-2. But I think that there too, you know, I think that Nordic social democracies, a lot of them do it much better. Uh, in Sweden, many taxpayers literally just get a text message from um, their revenue service saying, this is how much we've calculated uh, like you, know, you owe, and you, know, you can say yes, and that's it. That's doing your return. Uh, H&R Block and Intuit, which is the company that owned TurboTax, have lobbied against efforts to implement a system like this in here. And many conservatives don't like the idea of implementing that. Many people like Grover Norquist don't like that idea because they want taxes to be painful to you know, remind people to hate it. But um, you know, I think that's the way we should go. I agree with making it painful. I pay all my taxes in one chunk in April just so I could feel the pain in my heart when I do it. It works. It makes you hate it. Good job. Um, So I have a question for each of the panelists. Um, So I heard that Better Discourse was supposed to be... Get closer to the microphone. Sorry. Uh, So I heard Better Discourse was supposed to be a conference where left and right kind of came together and celebrated being friends. So I have a question for each of you. Um, I'd love to hear one opinion you hold that you think uh, someone on the other side of the aisle would agree with. I I didn't hear that last part. Uh, I would love to hear one opinion each of you hold that you think someone on the other side of the aisle from you would agree with. We just agree we hate the IRS. So we all, we all collectively yeah. hate the IRS. And um, Any others? Any other examples? We'd probably agree on, on legalizing marijuana. You might be in the decriminalization camp, but, you know. No, I'm, I'm for legalizing it. I, I think you should be able to go into a store uh, and, um, and just buy it, right? Hell, I'd be in favor of having state weed stores like the state liquor store in, uh, in New Hampshire. You, you ruined it. Now, now well, yeah, we got to bring it up. Hey, people from other states drive into New Hampshire to buy liquor there because uh, they have huge stores, a great selection, and it's cheap because they exempt it from sales tax. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I think you should learn to love state liquor stores. All right. No other examples? Oh, well... I mean, I think there was one earlier. I think that the okay. – it's not everybody here, but, you know, but I mean, I, th- I think some of the um, people over there, you know, did seem to be in favor of, like, backing off anything that would start them. World War III. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and I, I hope that that's something that lots of people yeah, – I think we're all anti-war up here. Yeah, I think we're I, I think, all I think they should anti-war. put that on the poster. Better Discourse 4, we're against thermonuclear warfare. <laughs> well, anti-war, unfortunately anti-war. right now, if you look at the polls – that is a very controversial position. Yeah. Um, so legalize weed and don't go to nuclear war sounds like what brings and us all here. And get rid of the IRS. Well, Although think about how good the weed would be with all that <laughs> radiation involved. That's something to consider. Okay, I can go. So I was just wondering, um, as far as it, it appears to me that a lot of these media corporations tend to be more left-leaning, and uh, I was just wondering if there's anything that uh, maybe like the more free speech right-wing people can start to do in order to try to start their own cultural narratives in order to try to um, facilitate more free speech and that kind of a thing. Well, that's what we're trying to do with Twitter, right? 
you know, Twitter's supposed to be this bastion of free speech, and instead, conservatives and Republicans are just constantly shadow banned, constantly suspended for talking about. I mean, it's already happening. The Daily Wire. Look at all the Daily Wire's doing right now. They're coming out children's content and and right, but so, I mean, but so much of it is like subscription stuff. But I mean, it's, but as far as getting the a fight, I guess fighting the the left mainstream. Uh, news narrative is to just basically go after it the, and say it's wrong. The problem is, though, is that the the right is always, they always are reactive. So the left puts out this narrative and all we do is make videos about how they're wrong and how they're wrong. And we're never, like, it's always like, oh, they said this and this is why it's wrong. And we're not, we're not leading anything. And we can't because they're so big. So we're constantly on the defensive. It's constantly, you're making YouTube videos, all of you up here, or not you, but like, we're, you're making YouTube videos on like, how the left and the media has been wrong and has been reporting things wrong. We're never, we're never. What offensive. would what would conservatives advocate for if they weren't busy fighting the left? I don't know. I mean, like I haven't been in that position for a very long time. Um, I think that you know, if you if we just champion our values and like get people to get people to understand that like there has to be some order and there has to be some you know, responsibility in your life and, and, and go for what the policies that actually make our country better, which we've seen in the last four years, and now we're seeing the destruction of it. So if we just highlight the, the destruction that we've been seeing for the last year, then we should be all right. I would say, like, we've heard the things about building your own social media and all that. It turns out a bunch of people tried that. They ended up getting shut down. So I think, you know, the only solution, and I think all of us can do this, is you have to start a really good payment processing company, then use that money to start an electric car company, and then you can buy a social media company and hopefully maybe institute some form of free speech. I'm hoping he gets it done. Oh, and, 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 you know, and also company, go yes. to Mars. But now the government's coming after him. Not that they don't have a little reason with mm-hmm. his China and his low orbit space and what the information he's given to China. But other than that, like, they're coming after him now. Now all of a sudden he's uh, under investigation again. It, he's a super villain. It's, it's, it's also important for a lot of conservatives to make sure that they can exist on the public forum and not retreat to these alternative spaces. I see a lot of people who get banned on like a principle or on a stand that's not worth anything and it's like you can't do anything if you don't keep yourself in the arena so like andrew makes really good content in my opinion not in ben's opinion but in my opinion but andrew's very like andrew's very workable it's gonna take a lot for him to get banned but look at what savannah Savannah douche us up here i'm not not edgy we got one we got one question one minute what you got uh yeah it's cool um this was more of a personal question for my political curiosity, but Ben, you consider yourself a socialist, correct? Yes. Um, if we were to implement socialism here in America, how would we avoid the slide towards tyranny where it ends up becoming the same old wolf and different sheep's clothing the way we've seen in the 20th century up till now? Yeah, well, I'd say that you have exactly zero examples of democratic uh, socialism uh, becoming tyranny. I think that you have uh, exactly one ambiguous example of something Never like been that, done right. which, which would be um, the uh, you know the Russian Revolution. So if you believe that the Bolsheviks you know originally uh, you know were super democratic, which a lot of uh, a lot of other people on the left would really disagree with, then that would be the exact one. But certainly the sort of road to socialism that I would advocate, you know, democratic road to socialism, where you do start with social democracy, a la the Nordic states, you know, Finland, Norway, Sweden, etc., and then go beyond that, I think that uh, I think that's actually a great expansion 
of, uh, of democracy. I think that, you know, we were just talking about free speech. Well, you know, what's the, uh, what's the issue with free speech? Well, one, you have all private corporations that could do whatever they want. They have no constitutional limitations. They get to decide what content is allowed and what isn't instead of treating social media like the public square that it is and treating it as a public utility. And two, uh, if people are worried that they tweet the wrong thing and they're going to get fired, you know what a solution to that is? Unions. That they have not letting people just get fired without due process because they're at an at-will workplace like most Americans work at. So I think that the things that the left, the democratic socialist left, want actually considerably increase freedom. And yes, long-term, the Beyond Sweden horizon is extending democracy into the workplace. And no, I don't think having more democracy is somehow going to turn into tyranny. I think that uh, I think that it's going to effectively curb corporate tyranny. So nobody, nobody uh, in a union has been fired over their social media accounts. Is that what they're saying? That the unions completely uh, well, protected what, these people? Okay. okay. <laughs> this <laughs> could be another that's, that's, that, is, that is, a, that is an interesting are. example of listening. Uh, what I said is that if you have a union, you can't just be fired with no due process. They have a, that's that's what a union does. One of the things that a union does, the terms the union contract fact, is a process. It's like never it, get fired. It's Look like it's like office. it's you know the the claim is not nobody's ever been fired. The claim no, what you were is saying that it makes it harder so, to fire people. You need due process. It's like being a main guy so, like, in the mafia. They, they the can still office. whack you, but they need to sit down and a good right. reason. You want to know real quick? You don't want to know why your delivery sucks for the post office? It's because you get bad people in there that they can't fire. You know what they do? They say up. Oh, you're not delivering mail, and you're not doing your route, and you're not doing anything. So they fire you, and so the union comes in, and they have to hold that position open for 90 days. They're not allowed to hire somebody else. After all the arbitration process happens, where you still have no carrier for 90 days, then they say, you know what? You shouldn't have been fired anyway. They come back. They continue to be a shitty ploy, and the cycle starts over. It happens like that in the VA. It happens like that everywhere. You cannot get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, you, you don't actually have a higher rate of uh, mail delivery problems at uh, USPS than you do with FedEx statistically. And I would not, if I, I were you, I don't, I'm not normally in the business of getting ta- giving tactical and strategic advice to Republicans, but I'll make an exception and say that if I were you, I would not like emphasize this because... By far the most popular government institution in every single poll is the post office. People love the post well, office. Well, let me tell you something. That's so. not necessarily true. I've I, had to, in now two different districts in two different states, Pennsylvania and Texas, hold town halls from USPS because of their delivery problems. So let's not say that because that's absolutely not true. No, it, and, it actually and, is. And on that note, people love the anecdotes and data are not the same. <laughs> I, I will say nobody took the bait on Ben saying that wasn't real socialism, basically. I did. I did. I did say that. No, she did. I did. I did. Well, if if that's what I had said, then maybe you could take the bait on it. What I said was, what I said said is that there are no examples of democratic socialism (laughs) becoming tyranny. Oh. Like I said, it's never been done right. It's never been done right. Well, no, they're democratic until they're not democratic. Like, Like, that was the Venezuela strategy. Okay. Blame Venezuela and socialism. We're getting the nod that we got to go. Venezuela has a smaller public sector than France. I know that this is a zombie Everyone shut the fuck up. The panel's over. Everybody, thank you. One more panel. Give it up for all of our panelists here today. Fuck the post office and good night. But one more panel. Thank you.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.